Wow, wow, wow. It is good to be back with everybody. I have to change my lingo. I am not with young people anymore. I have to speak proper English. <laughs> no, I'm joking. They do speak proper English, I think, sometimes. It depends the ones that you meet. We had an amazing time this week. I am surprised that I still have energy, that I'm still standing. One thing I did realize, I am way too old for this. <laughs> I think my body said I am way too old for this. My spirit was very much alive. Let me tell you, to the very last second, I was still like, inside, I am rejoicing, but everything else in my body is failing me physically. <laughs> but you know what? Those young people have so much energy. I'm like, where do they get it from? Apart from, you know, sweets, energy drinks. I've never seen that many energy drinks bought in a very short space of time. It was the end of the week. We had a very long journey coming back, lots of traffic. But I was like, I just don't even know. Are you even allowed to drink that? Do your parents even allow you? But you know what? I'm so tired. I release you to your parents. <laughs> so parents, please forgive me if your children came super energetic, super hyper. They were just trying to get through an eight-hour journey that was supposed to be four hours. So please forgive us. I'm sure they're still alive and loving Jesus. Um, yes, yeah, so we had <laughs> an amazing time. And... Um, it's so good to see young people worship God. Not just go through the motions, but be desperate and hungry for God. You know, I know I'm one of the young people talked about the Josiah generation. And I'm just going to share just a snippet, sorry. <laughs> it's not my word, that's not the word for today. But I just want you to get a glimpse, even as you're praying for our young people. This is what we are contending for. Josiah was a young man who became king. And when he became king, he found the book of Deuteronomy and understood the laws of the Lord. And he went around and kicked off every single idol in the place. This is how we started our youth camp. And we said to the young people, whatever idols that are higher than Jesus Christ, they need to be kicked out if you want to be a trailblazer for the Lord. So as you're praying, this is what we're contending for. We're just not contending for a generation that's just passing through life, that is merely just surviving. We are contending for a generation that is going to see a revival in this world, in this nation, in this city. So are we, are we here for a church? Yeah? Yes. All right. So I'm going to get to my word. So my word for today, you know, we're doing the Summer of Psalms. I think that's what we're doing. Yes? Yeah, the Summer of Psalms. I get it wrong. I say Psalms of Summer. No, it's the Summer of Psalms. So we're doing the Summer of Psalms, and today I am going to be talking about Psalm 62. So if you've never come across Psalm 62, as you heard the previous week, Pastor Stu stole my psalm, but that's okay. <laughs> I had to dig for another one. But Psalm 62 is actually about unshakable faith. Unshakable faith. That is what we're going to talk about today. So some of you might be thinking, unshakable faith just means faith. But actually, it goes beyond just faith. It's unshakable. So what happens when something's unshakable? Can you move it? No, it's solid. It is rooted, right? There is no way of shaking it. So some of us may have faith, and we've given our lives to Christ. We love attending church. Everything's great. You know, I do my Bible reading here and there. But when the real things come in our lives, is our faith unshakable? Or are we moved like the wind 
to and fro. In Psalm um, 1 verse 3, which is not the Psalm I'll be focusing on, it talks about a tree that is planted. It says, they, meaning us, are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So when I'm talking about, when I'm talking about, um, unshakable faith. This is the kind of faith I want us to be like, like a tree that is planted by the riverside where our roots are deep and we prosper and we produce fruit. What I don't want us to be is the second part, which, you know, you might be like, oh, maybe that's me, but it's okay. There is hope. The second part is when we are being tossed to and fro. And it says in Ephesians 4 verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be immature little like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Some of us can identify with that, that we are like those kids in our faith that are being thrown to and fro, side to side, Whatever new teaching is coming, we're just running for it. We're not even testing it. We're not even knowing what it says. We're just going for wherever the wind carries us. We are running with it. But we don't even know what is truth and what is not truth. We live in a generation where there's so much information that is being thrown at us every single second of the day. You know, I was with the young people and we were in our small group and I was like, okay, how many of you read your Bibles? And they're like, oh, reading the Bible is so boring. And I was like, oh, I've got my work cut out for me. I was like, okay, where do you go from there? You know, how do you tell a young person, oh, read the Bible? And they're like, it's boring. I don't like reading my Bible. I lose concentration. They live in a whole different generation. My generation, reading the Bible, having a Bible was a miracle. You're like, man, I'm rich because I have my own personal Bible. To them, the Bible is like TikTok. A verse comes in in five seconds. They read it. Does it feel, do, do I feel like I like it? Do I not like it? That's their version of reading the Bible. So what do you do to a generation where things are flashing before their eyes, where information is flashing before their eyes? That is what's happening to us. As we are walking in our faith, we're not getting deep roots. We're just okay with just the surface. But God is asking us, would you go deeper? Would you go deeper in your faith so that when the storms come, so that when troubles come, you will not be shaken? Yes? Amen, church? All right. So I don't know if some of you remember last year, we had those really strong winds right? They were, they were horrendous. Like bins were being flown around everywhere. You would find your bin in one place and then it'll end up in another house. You know, trees were breaking things. You go to bed and the next time you wake up in the morning, things look very different. And I remember driving to church one of those Sundays and who knows the big tree by the intersection and haven't, which is opposite KFC. Yeah, imagine the shock of my life when <laughs> I'm driving to church and this massive tree has fallen over and has been uprooted. That tree was massive. Like no one can actually, I don't know how many people it would take to put their hands around that tree, but it was uprooted. It wasn't just like branches took off. It came out from the roots. If you had looked at that tree the day before those winds came, you'd be like, that would be the only thing that's standing. Everything else would fall apart, but that tree will stand till the test of time. But it was uprooted. Sometimes on the outside, we look like we have great faith. 
We look like our faith is so solid. But when those storms and trials come through, we're like that big tree that just gets blown over. Today, church, I want to encourage you, let's not be those kind of people. Let's be people that look like strong trees from the outside, but are really strong trees from the inside. That the winds and storms will come and we will not be shaken. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to go into um, Colossians 2 verse 7. And it's talking about those roots, about having deep roots in the Lord. It says, Okay, I wanted to make sure I had the right verse. I was like, is that the verse? Okay, it says, let your roots grow down, in, grow down into him. This is talking about God. And let your lives be built on him, which is God. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. We have to have deep roots, but our deep roots are just not in ourselves. Our deep roots are in who God is. Our deep roots are rooted in the word of God, are rooted in what he says. And from there, that is where we get our strength. Because with everything that's happening in this world, trust me, we cannot get our strength from our own well-doing, for just being a good person, because that's going to fail us. We can only do it for so long. All right, so are we ready to go into Psalm 62? Yes, finally. I know you were wondering, is she ever going to get to Psalm 62? She's given us so many verses. Will it ever happen? So Psalm 62 is a very interesting psalm. This is, um, it is actually was written in two, no, one Chronicles. And this is after they've had a massive battle and they're giving praise to God and thanking him. But it's so interesting because somewhere in the middle of the psalm, David goes, I praise you, God. You're, so, you're still amazing. I am rooted in you. But boy, are my enemies so real. You know, he's just won battles. Not just one battle. He's won many battles. But still, there's that thing inside of him that's still going. But I still remember how real my enemies are. Will we succeed to the next thing? Some of you right now are sitting here. We've had an amazing time of worship. You come on Sunday, you're on top of the world, and you're like, yes, I can face it. But then you go home and you're faced with the day-to-day struggles. And you're like, but is it still the same God that I encountered in the church that is still in my home? And I want to say he is still the same God. So we're going to just work through this psalm. Let's go to Psalm 62, verse 1. We're going to start from the beginning, verse 1 and 2. And in that, David is talking about his posture of of praise, his posture of, of faith. So our posture of unshakable faith is to rest in him, which is so opposite to what the world would want us to do. We would think, I have unshakable faith. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go into battle. But actually, it's the total opposite. It's for us to rest in him, for us to be reminded that he is our refuge and our safe place. If you're going to go into battle, you need to know what you're fighting for, right? And you need to know who you're fighting with. Because, you know, if you're going to go into battle and you're by yourself, uh, how is the battle going to go? It's not really going to go anywhere. 
You know, we had tribal wars with the young people. And I don't know why I always choose the losing team. I always like look at the team and I go, this is the one. And this time I wasn't even put in a team. I had the choice. And I thought, you know, this is the one. This is going to be my winning team. You know, they had a good chant. They, was, they started strong. And I said, this one, this is the team that I choose, right? Our first challenge, they did not do well. I was like, come on, people. Where is that oomph that I saw? And do you know what? For a split second, I thought, I'm crossing over. I'm going to cross over to the blue team because the blue team looked like they were winning. Yes, that was Lauren's team. And Lauren tried to steal me. And, but my conscience was like, come on, Taffy, persevere with the people. I persevered with them, man. They let me down. They let me down so bad. <laughs> So when I read this psalm, okay, when I read this psalm, I'm going, yeah, they, they, they were not the team that I want by my side to go into war with. They were amazing. I love them. I championed them every single step of the way. But at the end, I was like, okay, this is it. Next year, hopefully, I'll have the winning team. But in that, when you go into battle, for you to find rest and for you to have a refuge and a safe place, you need to know who's going into battle with you. For you to have unshakable faith, you have to know who you're having faith in. Because if you don't know who you're having faith in, when the storms come, you are going to be moved. You are going to go with the wind. So verse 1 and 2 says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. This is the declaration on David's mouth. He is going, you are my, 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 my rest. You know, you are my refuge. I find my victory in you. Rock, you are my rock and my salvation. The solidness of it. That is who God is. But so many times we reach tough areas in our lives and we forget all about that. We forget about who he is. We forget about how solid he is. And we stop finding our rest in him. Our unshakable faith isn't from our own strength, but it's from him, the solid rock, salvation, our savior. He is our savior. He came to save us. In the Passion Translation, it says in verse 1 and 2, it says, He alone is my safe place. His wrap-around presence always protects me. I love that. His wrap-around presence always protects He is a fortress that is around us of his presence. When we would enter that place of worship with those young people, things would shift from just having a great time and being with our mates, but actually having a desperation to see the move of God. And that, I would say, was the wraparound presence that was around that place. Because it was no longer about the young person that was next to me. It was no longer about how cool I looked, because those kids looked really cool. And as, and, you know, and as a youth worker, man, I think I'm cool, but man, I had got nothing on those kids. I was like, it is what it is. I'll just be me, you be you, and somewhere along the line we'll find some common ground. But in that moment, it wasn't about that. It was about who God was. So that wraparound presence was so, so real for them. Um, it goes on and it says, for he is my champion defender. Not just a normal defender. He champions us. You know, just the way I was championing the red team, even though they were losing. I was championing them on, you know, to get on. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me? 
even when trouble multiplies around me. You know, in that moment, David is reminding himself that even though I've won all these battles, I won't let worry paralyze me. Worry is about things that haven't yet happened. What you think is going to happen. But when we stop our focus from the worry and we focus on who he is, that worry starts to diminish. It becomes lighter and lighter to a point where, yes, the problem is still there, but my God is bigger than that. Amen, church? All right, let's go to verse 3 and 4. And it says, unshakable faith does not mean you will not have storms and opposition in life. Dun, dun, dun. This is the part where you go, Taffy, you're ruining it for us. But actually, unshakable faith doesn't mean you don't have storms and opposition, but it means that you have someone that is fighting for you. David had real enemies. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's an era that I'm like, Lord, I'm thankful that I live in this era and not that era. You know, because things were just real back then. It was gory. It was real battle. But you know what? In this day and age, we also have a battle. We, have also, we also have things that we're contending for. We have people that speak things, whether it's good, whether it's bad, that are speaking things that are going against what God has called you to do. Some of us struggle to even share that we are Christians. We even struggle to share that in our workplace. We struggle to share that in our families. But when we have unshakable faith, do you know what? Sometimes you don't even have to open your mouth and people will know something is different. You know, I've been in situations where I've been at work and I might, I'm very public about being a Christian, by the way. But, you know, I might sometimes be visiting a family and they don't know, you know, when I was a social worker, they didn't know that I was a Christian. And I'll be in that environment and they would start swearing. But in that moment, they would catch themselves halfway through a swear word and they would stop and like, oh, I'm so sorry. But if I was with another social worker, they would just let their mouth just run away. <laughs> you know, very colorful words would come out. And I'd be like, oh, I've never heard that one before. I guess that's a swear word. You know, things would happen. But when you are solid in your faith, when you are rooted in who God is, the presence of God goes before you. And things begin to change when you walk into a situation. Atmospheres begin to change. Yes, we'll use our words, but sometimes you just enter a place and things begin to separate what is good, what is of the Lord, and what is not of the Lord. We need to be that generation because it is so needed in a place where so many versions of truth are being thrown around. We need to know who we are in Christ so that when we walk into situation, we can speak truth into that. But if we ourselves don't know what the truth is, we're also going to just be as confused as the people that we're with. In Psalm verse 1, it says, Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What is the company that we have when times get hard, when we are faced with really tough circumstances? Who is around us and what are they speaking over our lives? You know, let's be sure that we're surrounded by our brothers and sisters. You know, Connect Group is such a great opportunity for that. 
Because, man, when you get through that week and you're halfway through, you're like, Sunday is a very long way ahead. But when you get and you connect with other people that are believing, that can stand in, in the gap with you and pray with you and champion you on and say, come on, you've got this. Remember who you are in Christ. Another thing that can be storms and opposition is life circumstances. Our finances, our job, physical health, mental health, those things are so real that are happening. And sometimes our faith just seems a little bit shaken by those things. But when we are reminded about who God is, today, all those songs that we were singing about the goodness of God, about his faithfulness, you know, praise the name of the Lord. We are reminded again of the sacrifice that he made on the cross that we would have life and life in abundance. Not just ordinary life, life in abundance. When we hold on to that truth, our faith is not shaken. Okay, we're going to move on to number, um, verse 5 to 7. And I love this part because, you know, he's just, first he talks about how he's relying on God. He's waiting patiently on him. He's going to rest in him. His posture is, you know, this is who God, he's my safe refuge, all of these things. And then he goes, but there's some real problems out there. You know, David is like, yep, I have oppositions and it is real. But you know what? He just doesn't go into a spiral that's out of control. He goes back and he reminds himself again of his posture of um, unshakable faith. And it says in verse 5 to 7, it says, Let all that I am wait patiently, well, wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Some of us need to stand with that truth in our everyday life and begin to declare it in our houses. Begin to declare it over our children. Begin to declare it over our circumstances and the storms that we are in and saying, but this is who my God is. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Whatever that is, whether it's something tangible or whether it's something that you cannot see, it will not reach you because of who God is. And we need to declare that and not let worry paralyze you. So, you know, as I shared, um, my dad is in hospital and he went in yesterday. And um, I was in the middle of summer camp and we were winding down. It was Thursday. And me and Lauren are sitting down just going, yes, we can make it. Come on. You know, we're packing our bags and we're like, wow, look at how the week has gone. And we're just having some good old chats, you know, deep, meaningful. It was amazing. In the midst of that, you know, I get a message from my mom and she's like, oh, dad's not doing well. And in that moment, fear came into me. And I was ready to go down that downward spiral. And I was like... I'm in Devon, we are four hours away, how am I going to get there, what is going on, what does that mean? Like everything is going on in my mind. And wait, you have to realize we've just had a powerful week. Things, amazing things have happened. The move of God has been amazing on our young people. And here we are, something like this happened. I, 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 it started in my head, the spiral started happening. And in that moment, right, I just said to Lauren, Lauren, my dad's not doing okay. We need to pray. And she was like, okay, okay. And I was like, yeah, we need to pray. To be honest, I did not have the strength to pray. 
I did not have the words to even say. All I was thinking was all the things that could be going wrong. And in that moment, from that place of faith and from that place of strength, Lauren just went in and she started praying. And as she was praying and the more she was declaring of the goodness of God, the more she was speaking those words, my faith started arising. My faith started growing. And actually, when I looked at that circumstance, I said, do you know what? Why am I being paralyzed with fear? Because I know who my God is. I may not be there, but I know who my God is. I may love my father, but I know who my God is. And he loves my father way more than I could. So we stood in faith. By the time she said amen, the faith that was inside of me, it wasn't fear, but it was unshakable faith because I knew in who I was standing on. So I don't stand here and say and talk to you about unshakable faith because it's a nice word because it's been so real in my life. And yes, we came home. And yes, my dad has gone into hospital. But if I told you the different journeys of the faithfulness of God, of his provision, trying to get into a hospital on a Saturday, trying to be in any on a Saturday is like horrendous. But God just went with us step by step by step. And he was admitted so fast. That is the faithfulness of God. We kept taking one step at a time, and we kept declaring who God is. And yes, he may be where he is right now, but our faith is not in our own flesh and what we can do. Our faith as we stand as a family is on who God is. You know, in Psalm 27, there's Psalm that, you know, I was going to use, but it's okay. Pastor Stu, I bless you. In Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Church, we need to read our word. Because when we read our word for every circumstance we are in, for every situation that we are faced in, there is a word that the Lord wants to give you, to strengthen you, to give you the strength that you need to stand on who he is in every situation that you are in. Okay, I know my time is running so swiftly. Okay, here we go. All right, um, I'm going to go to, the, to verse 8. Verse 8 talks about trust. We are called to trust in the place of uns unshakable faith. You know, I had to choose either to trust my circumstances or to trust who God is. And today I still stand trusting on who God is. It says in Psalm 62 verse 8, trust confidently. Not just any kind of trust. It says, trust confidently in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. You know, David is going on and he's going, I will trust even though my enemies are coming, even though I have oppositions left, right, and center, I choose to trust. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Every step that we have been on this journey with my dad has been about trusting God. God is good and he is faithful. Even in situations when we don't understand, we choose to stand on the goodness of who he is. And we have seen him come through and through every single time. 
All right, we're going to fast forward to Psalm um, 62, verse 11 to 12. And it says, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belong loving kindness and compassion, for you compensate every man according to the value of his work. In the place of unshakable faith, you will know his strength and his love. So as we end the psalm, I pray that that is the theme that you will take away, that in the midst of unshakable faith, we would know his strength and his love. And it's not just any kind of love. It is his loving kindness and compassion. God is so near to us in the midst of everything that we're going through. He is so close to us. But we need to just keep reaching out to him. So in closing, let us be reminded that we find rest in God alone. He is our refuge and our safe place. And in Psalm 62, it says it twice in two different places where it keeps reminding us that he is, um, he, we find our rest in him and God alone is our refuge and, and safe place. You know, and we're reminded that to have unshakable faith does not mean the absence of storms and opposition in our lives. It's just that we know that we have a solid rock in which we stand on and he is our savior. We need to trust him in the situations that we're in. We need to trust him as we are standing solid in faith. And finally, our strength, power, and love are found in him. He, strengthen us, he strengthens us with our steadfast faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you have called us to a place of unshakable faith. But in that, you don't leave us alone. You strengthen us. You walk with us. You remind us again what it means to stand and rest in you, Lord, that you are our safe refuge. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person that is seated in this place. No matter what situation they're in, no matter what they're going through, Lord, I pray that they have heard how loving, how kind and compassionate you are. That, Lord, you will meet them where they're at, Lord. That they will know that you are real, that you are good and that you are faithful. That as they carry on this week, Lord, they will dig deeper to know what it is to stand with unshakable faith. So, Lord, we want to give you all the praise, the honor and the glory. We pray in no other name but the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, everyone. That was a great word, wasn't it? Let's just, let's just really honor Taffy. And I just think this week, let's really be praying for the family. Let's be praying for, for Phil, you know, for the, and for the whole family. Just to be, just have this overwhelming sense of strength in knowing that God has got them. He's got this, hasn't he? You know, we've seen so many times that God just comes through and I just pray blessing over your family. Um, you're a beautiful family and you're a blessing to all of us. 
Right, so that's the end of the service today. I know nobody wants to rush off and watch the second half of the football because we're all going to stay here and have a cup of tea and some biscuits together. But all joking aside, I think they are going to put something on the screen for people to watch. But stick around. Let's, you know, we're a family. This is more than just sitting down here and not having much opportunity to um, engage with one another. Let's have those conversations. Let's get to know each other. That's how we build up that unity and those, those friendships. And we can encourage each other um, in to have that unshakable faith um, just also if that message really um, hit you today thinking to be honest I don't um, I feel that I am getting knocked about in the waves a bit with what's going on please just come um, come down to the front find me or find Jen or Taffy um, and we'll pray with you just to, you know we, we can stand with you in these things and um, we can encourage one another build each other up in our faith amen Brilliant. Well, have a blessed week, everybody, um, and stick around.